0: up guys welcome back to the kind of funny games cast as always i'm tim gettys joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games greg miller
1: hachi cheese cheesy crackers our feet <laughs> <laughs>
0: I it, I what the fuck did you say? What are you doing? What's even happening? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It is 2 p.m. on a Thursday, I think. I'm double-cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon.
1: Is that a French press? It is a French press. I wanted more coffee. All right. Got a problem with that, Imran? I'll come through this fucking screen.
2: <laughs> we also have the former
1: informer, Imran Khan. Howdy. And the new face
0: of video games, blessing Ade Oye
3: Jr. It's me. Am I cut off at the top? I'm trying to like uh, manage my like my webcam. I'm trying to make sure like I I don't look like my forehead's missing. You know, you're, tr- you're trying to I manage
0: expectations right now. Just like every video game developer and publisher in the freaking <laughs> world.
3: Oh, yeah, man. I'm trying to make sure that, you know, this is next gen, but this isn't like next next gen.
0: <laughs> You'll love to see it. This is the Kind of Funny Games cast each and every week right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We get together, talk about video games, all the things that we love about them. You can watch it live if you are a Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games supporter. Or you can watch it later for free on YouTube.com Kind of Funny Games roosterteeth.com or you can listen to it on your favorite podcast service to search for kind of funny games cast but going back to that patreon thing a lot of cool perks there cool perks like being a patreon producer getting the show ad free those producers include muhammad muhammad al tribesman james hastings sancho west gaming cody banks trent berry joseph o Yusuf, scott wadloff and julian the gluten-free gamer now guys I can see it on all of your faces right now. You're all wondering. I wonder. I wonder if Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer has an amazing story that needs to be read live right now. And the answer for for all of you is yes. Last week, we talked about uh, hype game launches that we remember. And Julian wrote in a banger, okay? It's a journey. I need you all to strap in right now. I need you all to stand up.
3: Oh, God, they're going to see my gray sweatpants.
0: And then sit down, because I need to make sure that you're sitting down for this, okay? Oh, <laughs> oh, I see what he's doing. Oh, that
3: was a bit. That you all really took way longer to stand <laughs> up than dirty. I expected. <laughs>
2: it's, 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 <laughs> it's a lot dirty. of work. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I got to make sure, like, <laughs> I had to check I was wearing pants. It was, no, so so it was comfortable disbelief it. first. It was like, do we really have to stand up? I and love, it. I love, and love like... it.
0: I love it all. So, Julian, the gluten-free gamer, writes in and says, my midnight launch story. I promise it's worth it. Sorry, I wasn't watching live, but wanted to get in my midnight launch story for Gears of War 2 because it was a shit show. 16 years old, my best friend's mom drives us to our New Jersey GameStop at 8 p.m. Three of us wait in line, probably 100 people there, as my friend's mom, like like a champ, listens to audiobooks in her van the entire (laughs) time from the parking lot, so we had a ride home. The gluten-free gamer, unbeknownst to him, had celiac disease. I was not yet gluten-free. Oh, no. I happened to have a pizza that night. Oh, no, Julian. At 1230, as the line begins to move. In a panic, I say, give me one second. I have to make a phone call. The only people I would call are with me, but they believed it. (laughs) No stores are open on a Tuesday morning, 1230 a.m. In desperation, the following events transpire. I don't like oh, where this no. is going, bless. Mm. I found oh, a bank, no. ran around to the back, and shit in the employee parking lot behind the bank. I couldn't hold it in. It's definitely a first for me. Not for I then Greg. do what I do to clean myself up. And then I take a dead sprint back to where I see my friends near the door. We get in. They told us we weren't 17 yet. And even though we pre-ordered the game, paid in full, we needed a parent at pickup. <laughs> Our one friend was in luck. His mom came in, and those fuckers wouldn't let me get the game because she wasn't my mom. Boom! They gave me a card for a gold Lancer skin and said, come back tomorrow. Unfortunate, the story man. The could end there. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no. But, my friends, it doesn't. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. My friend's mom drops us off at our houses. I ponder. And then I put my shoes back on. Oh no! I grab a beach bucket and pail from the basement, and at 2 a.m. on a school night, I jog a town over back to this GameStop. I shovel up my aforementioned no. shit with a children's beach shovel, and I move it to the back door of the Game Spot GameStop. <laughs> You'll love to see it. <laughs> wow! Because I thought- just
1: turns. <laughs> I thought you know they lived here, die the villain or whatever was gonna play into he didn't want to leave his shit at the bank, so he's just gonna clean it up. But when he said I went back a uh, two towns or a town over to the GameStop, that's when I was like, uh oh. Why
2: couldn't he just take a new shit?
1: Can you shit on demand? <laughs> Could you shit right now?
2: I feel like, if I, I mean,
3: two eat hours some
1: after you already like in, in, in a yeah exactly evacuating your bowels. Mm-hmm. See, I rolled the dice this morning where I took I had to take a poop last night while I was playing playing Predator, which was off schedule. And so then this morning I woke up and didn't have to poop. And so then it was a thing of like, well, this throws the whole day off. Do I need to be worried? I had to make a run to do some things in Oakland. I was like, do I have to worry about pooping now when I'm in Oakland?
2: I feel like well, if I you, for sure you I didn't, if you know you're about to take a jog to a different town and you know you're going to need to shit in that town, you mm. can prepare in a way that no makes way. it so you don't have to take it. Like, no, so don't find
0: old shit. Imran, here's the thing though. Like, we're talking about a, at this point, less than 17 year old boy. He doesn't understand his body. You know what I mean? He hasn't. This is he Julian. Know he, yeah, he doesn't know he's, he's, he's got a booty. Yeah.
1: Nowadays, he would just eat a breadstick and jog over there and be all set, <laughs> <laughs> or take that place out. You know what I mean? But then he was just a young poop terrorist in the making. He didn't understand. Now on imagine. Side here imagine being the bank tellers and looking at the security footage obviously this kid shit outside then you see him come back and put it into a
2: walk away
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god well ladies and gentlemen this is the kind of funny games cast so we're gonna get right into it gentlemen it's been a while since i've talked to you at least a week what have you been playing expected more of an immediate answer there well, but, it's, you know
1: you don't understand here's the thing tim you're podcasting like we're all in the room and we can read each other's cues and when it's when you're here when we're all sanctioned in quarantine you got to go what are you playing blessing
0: blessing what are you even playing you gotta, gotcha. You gotcha throw the ball gotcha. greg miller what? i need you to stand up
1: 42 <laughs> <laughs> why did we revere the big
0: d andy <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'll tell you what I've been playing. I've been playing a lot of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, man. Oh. The reveal of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, it got me in a mood. Gotcha. That mood immediately led to Spotify playlists that I've always had on my phone. It's like I have those the playlist downloaded, right? But I was like, I'm going to go all in. I'm listening, and I listen to every single song. From Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One all the way through American Wasteland—that's more commitment than anybody I know has ever given to the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater (laughs)
3: franchise. Okay, and which uh, which which game would you say has the best soundtrack?
0: Best soundtrack is a very, very, very hard thing to answer, but I think is it though because is the answer not three? The answer is three. Plus, (laughs) you're right. But the thing is, when you're talking best, I think four is actually the best. Pound for pound, amount of high-quality songs. Four is insane. Insane. They have too many high-level classics. Because Four is when they started making money. You know what I mean? It wasn't just the underground. Well, before Thought. But like, you know, underground music that was cheap to license out. And there was exceptions to those rules for sure, obviously, in, in Tony Hawk 1, and 2, and 3. But it was like, Four is really with, a, oh, they got DC.
3: <laughs> it's like,
0: yeah. uh, they can do whatever the sense. fuck they want to do. You know I what I mean? I can hear that. Yeah. But um, I've had a great time doing all that. But then I was like, I want to go back and play these games. Because, okay, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, I could not be more excited. They look amazing. Vicarious Visions knocked it out of the park with the Crash Bandicoot remakes. I would not put this game in, in, in better hands than this. But we've seen Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 now on every generation since they've come out. They originally came out on the PS1 generation as separate games. Then when we got to the next gen, Xbox, GameCube, PS2, on Xbox, they came out with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2X, which was just one and two together. Mm-hmm. Then PS3 360, they put out Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD that was a weird remix of one and two. It was like 50-50 kind of where, well, not, not like the grind though. You know what I'm talking about, guys? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, it was like half oh, Tony Hawk 1. The grind. There yeah, we go. Yeah. Half Tony Hawk st- 2. Skating stuff. Skating stuff and um the problem that that game i think gets shit on more than it deserves but it didn't feel right and everyone everyone can admit that it was just like it was cool but like it didn't feel like tony hawk should and then now we're getting this one and it's like from what i've seen from what i'm hearing speaking the right language man it's gonna feel right tony Hawk's pro skater how it should be
2: they definitely made a point to say it's neversoft's old handling code like it's the same it should feel exactly the same as the old games because it's the exact same code
0: And I'm all about that, man. But I tried going back and I was like, I want to play some of these older games to know what that code feels like. Mm. And it's too difficult to be able to properly do this because it's like I I own these games. Like I own physical copies of all of them that have them. The HD is only digital, but I had that on PS3. So, I had my PS3, and I'm like, that's cool. But my PS3, the version I have now, was not backwards compatible. So, I can't play my stupid ass Tony Hawk 1 and 2 discs on PS1 because my launch PS3 died. And I'm like, I hate that this is all so complicated. I'm like, I'm going to lean over to the Xbox side of things. They have excellent backwards compatibility. It can play Xbox games. I own Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2X on the original Xbox. I'll be able to just pop it in and play. Not the case, my friends. Not the case. Did you know that not every. Disc is compatible with backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's public knowledge. <laughs> Imran's like, yeah, of course. A quick, <laughs> a quick a quick Google shows that. But like for some reason, I felt like we were past that. Where we it's just like, no, fuck it, it works now. It doesn't. Like when you say every
3: disc, are you saying that like is it not a backwards compatible game, or is it just the disc doesn't work for backwards compatibility?
0: I mean both. Oh, okay.
3: If, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. If yeah the disc that. doesn't
0: work, then it wouldn't be downloadable. But I, I knew it too. Oh, yeah. it was just a bummer. You know, then I look at this long list of like backwards compatible games. No Tony Hawk game on the list. Licensing as hell. Yeah. So long story short, I emulated a lot in the last couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> so to and- the point here, I've broken a lot of DRM. On. <laughs> <laughs> but I own the games to be very clear. Like I literally own physically like all of these Tony Hawk games, including Tony Hawk 2X on the Xbox. That's as obscure as you freaking get. You
1: can own the gun, but you just can't throw the bullets everywhere. All right, Tim. Gotcha. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I've been having a great time. And it's like I, I love the idea that these games are going to be classic and have the same momentum and feel of the originals. But with the added elements that 3 and 4, you know, kind of created where they added the revert, they added the, um, the spine transfers and balancing out in the air. That's what 1 and 2 are totally missing. Like 1 and 2 are classics, but they're not playable today. And I mean playable in the way of like they're not classics anymore. Like you play them and you're like, oh, okay. Ooh, these don't these don't hold up as much. Whereas you could play three or four and you're still like, oh my God, this is butter. And I'm expecting, based on this gameplay that we've seen, that the one and two remakes are gonna play like three and four. And this is a really exciting time for Tim Geddes. It's about time. <laughs> it is about you know? time. I, I haven't time had anything to time. look forward to in years, you know? Yeah. Are, yeah. Do you do you plan to hit up the thug games? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I'm trying okay. to make my way through all of them right now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm right now. I'm midway through two, going through, like going through all of it, and I'm, I'm having a good time. But yeah, I'm, I'm itching to get to three, because I need that reader. Yeah. No, yeah, three is where. Three obviously is the one that kind of
3: changed things, right? Like from the get go, Tony Hawk was always great, but like three is where, like, yeah, when you add
0: was that was that that was the revert, right? That's when they added three was re- two was manual, and I would argue manual, two was the yes. one that, that changed the game. Like two really, mm-hmm. one was a, a neat idea. Two was like, oh fuck, this is. A I guess game. two
3: and three both kind of changed the games and, and changed the game in their own ways, but like, yeah, dude, having the the manual plus the revert and having having three that like. I feel like it has such a great selection of levels. Like, I can name probably most of those levels off the top, right, from uh, Foundry, Foundry, Canada, Canada. Uh, L.A., uh, Airport, Rio. the Rio, yeah, like the ship. Like, there, there are such good levels in 3. Tokyo. That, yeah. Was Tokyo in 3? Oh, yeah. Why don't I remember
0: it? It was after the cruise ship.
3: Wait, I thought the cruise ship was the last level.
0: Am I crazy? Yeah. Was it a, was it a, a not level? last level? I, th- I think wasn't cruise ship last level, and then there was three bonus levels. That might have been. Also included the remakes of warehouse um, area. Remake 15-1. Tony Hawk Three. Yeah. Sign. Well, here's my thing: the Tony Hawk Pro Skater Age, to end the Tony Hawk talk, real quick. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Greg Miller! You never played a skate game in your life. <laughs> I did play the skate games, motherfucker. Skate <laughs> <laughs> Three um, was but, excellent. Yeah, but. um, I with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD, they they it was the weird mix of one and two, and then for DLC they did the three pack, which added the Revert finally, and then it added uh, LA um, airport and Canada. Airport is so good.
3: Yeah, like, it's just so good.
0: And based uh, on vicarious visions track record and kind of activision as a whole when it comes to these uh these remakes like Beanox did crash team racing but they put so much love and care into the dlc of that and i feel like a lot of this is kind of like step by step where it went from insane insane trilogy spiral trilogy crash team racing now we're getting tony hawk i imagine we are either going to get tony hawk three and four in the future or dlc and i'd almost rather dlc
3: yeah, like I can see the DLC like packs being like Tony Hawk, plus three or something like that. Like we're adding three, and then like oh. later on they're making it one plus two plus three plus four. Like I can see them, see them going that route. Like the more I've been thinking, thinking about it, and, like, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, it name, just getting but...
2: bigger and bigger.
0: Imran, what have you been playing?
2: So I finished Dishonored Two, which was a good game. I think a lot of that game, like everyone says, oh this game is underrated, which it is. But there's only like, there's two very standout levels, which are one is the Clockwork Mansion, which is a very cool, like, level where things shift around as you pull levers and stuff like that. And the other is uh, a crack in the slab. And I want to oh, talk yeah. about this level because this has the exact, remember, you remember Cause and Effect from Titanfall 2? That level where it's yep. like press R2 to change time. The time
3: travel. Mm. Time
2: travel, yeah. This has that exact same mechanic as in, in a more open thing. And it's insane to me because those two games are two weeks apart. And everyone gives Titanfall all the credit for this thing and no one ever talks about Dishonored 2 having it.
3: Yeah, I agree. and Dishonored 2, I feel like, used it in more of an in-depth way, right? Because, like, yeah, it is more open. It is an immersive sim. You are, like, having to problem-solve and actually, like, traverse this whole level while trying to figure out how you're going to stealth your way through this, through, Mm -hmm. through two different times. Titanfall 2, like, it was very impressive and very awesome in Titanfall 2 also. But, yeah, in Titanfall 2... It felt way more of a straightforward like set piece thing of like, oh yeah, like you shoot two people in in uh at in previous time and then you immediately uh uh flash forward to, to current times and you see their dead bodies on the floor, which is like a yeah. cool effect. But Dishonored two, I feel like d- doesn't get enough credit for how well it does it also.
2: Yeah, Dishonored two has this like one where you, you see this note saying these people are here to fix the windows, it has to be tonight or it won't be for months. So I see those guys there fixing the windows. I'm like Fuck it! I'm just gonna like knock them out. Uh I knock them out, then I fast forward back in time, and the window is just not fixed, and I can go through it and go to an entirely new Mm -hmm. area. It's like it's stuff like that that's Mm -hmm. super cool. It's shocking to me. No one ever talks about Dishonored two. That said, that game gets kind of boring in spots, and Mm -hmm. I don't think it ends super great. But I think it was fun. I I like Dishonored one a little bit better, but I think Dishonored two is fine. I decided that I'm going to give up on Streets of Rage's Platinum. What? Oh, like, no, my you're I've seen you playing
1: it non No.
2: Because it's so difficult. How many it hours is... are you in now? I, I probably put like 45 hours-ish in there. Oh, my God. But like hard S-Ranks. Getting S-Ranks in that game in general is arcane. You have to hit a certain point threshold, and it's, it's not always super clear of how you do it. So... Like, it's get combos and don't lose any health, really. And sometimes it, it's one of those things of stuff that you think is cool as you're playing the game becomes maddening when you're trying to perfect the game.
1: Mm, I hate so, that. I hate when a trophy list is like that.
2: Yeah. So, like, there's, just, there's a part in the game where, like, you're, you're in a Turkish bath. And, like, you, you and the enemy slip a little as you're, like, going through, like, up and down. And that can be, that's a fun little thing, twist on the game, des- or element level design of it. But when you're trying to like barely hit an enemy to get a combo going and it slipped a little bit too far and then jabs you in the face and breaks your combo, that's so fucking annoying. And it's like literally I was at the point where I was screaming at the game and I realized oh, no. I'm gonna have to just stop or I'm gonna hate this or thing I'm gonna that I've really Like <laughs> <laughs> I like,
1: like,
2: I'm, I'm gonna leave this game with negative feelings, even though I've loved most of it up until now. So it's one of those yeah. things this has happened to me before with platinums of when I try to platinum a game, I realize all the things that that break it open. And sometimes it's like it's finding cool things, and sometimes it's like, oh, this is the most annoying thing in the game I've ever seen, and it's making me dislike this thing that I enjoyed enough to get this far.
0: Damn. You live long That's enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> you know, you you know, hate know to see you're it. digging up your own <laughs> shit. <laughs> Dumping it on
1: GameStop floor. I can't ah.
0: believe it. That's crazy.
1: No, yeah, that's the thing is like, uh, so on PS I Love You this week, a guy wrote in for uh, his profile and was like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I want to get a a platinum trophy. I want to get my first platinum trophy. What should it be? Or no, his 50th, right? Uh, And it was like, what should it be? And so we submitted uh, or came back with uh, infamous first light because we had been talking about that earlier and how I never platinumed it. And I think you had never played it, Bless, or you had never platinumed it? I forget which one. I
3: never platinumed it. Yeah, no, I had like 12 trophies in it.
1: And so it was that idea of like, all right, you know what, because he's like, he was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a single dad or I'm a dad and I have a job, so I don't have that much time, I don't have that much money, or money, blah, blah, blah. We're like, all right, do this, it'll be a fun one. And it's one that I never platinumed, because, and I love Infamous and I love Sucker Punch, but I remember the challenge rooms in it being like, oh, I'm not really enjoying this. And I bounced and I think I got distracted by something else, yada, yada, yada. So I re-downloaded it to do it along with the community or whatever and started playing it. And I went and did the challenges I have to do in the open world or whatever. I still have a few, I guess, to work on order, because there's a ton of challenges you have to do them all. And then I went into the uh, stupid uh, rooms again. I was like, the oh, room. man, no, I fucking hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Shit, so why do I, had, I say this on a podcast? I fucking I hate had, this.
3: I had the exact same experience yesterday when I played where, like, yeah. I, I remember enjoying the challenge rooms. And when I was talking about PSLV. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember loving those. Yeah. And I think it was just one of those things where I I enjoyed it because I didn't try. Like I enjoyed those challenge rooms because I wasn't going for a just score; I was going yeah. in to just fuck around. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, when I played, when I opened up yesterday, like I completed my open world challenges, and I was like, "Oh, this is a blast!" And granted, it only took me like twenty to thirty minutes because I had yeah. already cleaned up the open world. Yeah. But yeah, then I I went into the challenge rooms and I started doing the challenges, and I was like, "All right, I I got to get two hundred fifty thousand points." Yeah. And then I started, and I died at like thirty thousand, and I was like, "Huh." I tried again, and then, like, at a certain point, I was just like, "Yo, fuck this, man! I, I hate this. Like, I hate these. Uh, like, once they start introducing like the supernatural enemies,
1: yeah, in the these challenge room flying but, wraiths or whatever, yeah, like, oh, yeah, like that's right.
3: when i was That's when I was like, All right, I don't know how I feel about.'" trying to like grind this and actually yeah, like I limped to it. you know
1: 20,000 and there's a trophy for 500,000 I'm like oh man it's oh my god <laughs> and it's like yeah, and it's not yeah. even like it's not even obviously like it would have been if I did it at the time where I'm coming out of the story I remember all the mechanics and how to really use all this shit instead I'm there I'm Delson I haven't fucking been there sounds like a plane that's like right on top of my house oh, uh, I just I been, that, yeah it's like a space shuttle stuck I was like
2: that's me. really loud I wonder if it's coming up on mic but I guess it's passing over you now
1: Weird, yeah. you, you, wait, wait, you I, heard it hear outside my house, <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I can wait. Is the apocalypse happening? <laughs> yeah, I hear that also. It's
2: not normal, right?
0: That, yeah, I that's mean, weird as I plot. also
2: hear it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's getting fainter now,
2: yeah. Yeah, if they left here,
0: but
1: like, what the fuck? We're, they like, 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 we all, we're all living like a pretty weird far diagonal. from each other, <laughs> yeah. We're not <laughs> close, <in the> city, <laughs>
3: like, I guess I'm near Kevin. We live in a city.
1: That's yeah. very funny. Huh. <laughs> That's uh, interesting. Anyways, <laughs> did they launch a spaceship? <laughs> 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 so many, we, yeah, we're not going a fly The, the Endeavor <laughs> just gave us a flyby. Um, no. So, yeah. And it's like that thing of like, so I'm totally rusty to begin with, let alone to go in there and then be like, it's not even fetch who I'm running. I run around and clean up the open world with. It was then I'm going to go in there like, fuck. And it's just like that thing of like, I, I wasn't in a great game mood yesterday where it's like, I as, I don't know if this ever happens with you guys. Uh, I set a goal, right? Of You know, I was looking for my uh, 10,000th trophy. I got it. I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, after I did that, it was like, cool, now the world's my oyster. And I had all these things on there and I started jumping into them. And I jumped into first light and fucked around for like, I don't know, half an hour or 45 minutes. And it was that thing of like, I'm in a bad mood already. Like I'm just tired and cranky and I don't know what I want to play. So I'm not enjoying this right now. And I don't know if I'll not enjoy it later. So I'll just put it down and come back to it later and see if I'm in the mood to do it. And then I was like, oh, fuck, Days Gone, I'm always talking about trying to clean up trophies on that and see the improvements on that. Started Days Gone, jumped into that, looked at the map, I was like, nah, I do not want to do this either. <laughs> <laughs> jumped the fuck out of there. It was just, and it's, so it's like, I don't know with infamous first flight for this thing. I saw, kids have started to tweet their photos at me. I'm like, I, plan, I'm, I did them, I did the thing. And it's like, i need to look into because i remember it also being annoying with like combos like you have to keep your combo up to keep the score up to keep the thing up and it's just like fuck, i really want to yeah, this. i i think that might be part of it too is that both me and you coming
2: back
3: into it fresh i think yeah. there's something missing in terms of like maybe there's a mechanic here that i'm not thinking of that i'm not using correctly because i know yeah. like on the different um back buttons right there's like you have like your rocket uh rocket move or like yeah, your yeah. uh you have your, like attack,
1: like a machine gun and then you have or well, yeah. what's the power you have if you're delson
3: Yeah, and, like, jumping back into it, I was like, all right, I don't remember, like, the exact use cases for these different things. And then, yeah, running around and remembering that, like, oh, yeah, like, it's a, if I hit certain body parts, I can then trap enemies that way. And 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 then and then it was
1: the thing of, like, so I started with the challenge rooms, and I was like, oh, I still have stuff in the open world. I went back to the open world, and it was exactly where I left this game, where I was like, yes, fuck, this is fun. Like, I like traversing and running around a living world. Like, I hate being in these cold, stupid VR rooms or whatever, where augustine's just sending weird villains at me that i don't care about you know what i mean they're just sitting yeah. cheating me
3: and i don't feel like there's like a good sense of like what what's my health like am i about to die like they yeah, do yeah. the thing that that games mm-hmm. do where you you start to see your, your screen color. gray out yeah. Yeah. and you lose color yeah and and like i feel like they, they could have communicated that way better like it should have been like a meter or something because yeah. i die and
2: i'm like really that was the shot that killed me yeah some great games have terrible trophy lists like
0: oh yeah i,
2: I platinum that game and there should definitely not be a trophy for getting all nine dresses. That's just annoying as shit.
0: Like, I mean, dude, I want I want to platinum that game so bad, and like, it hit a point that I was like, I because another game I've been playing a lot is that, and I just hit a point. I'm like, I'm not platinuming this. I'm just gonna redo the stuff for fun. I'm gonna try to do some things I haven't done, play some chapters on hard just to like have that thrill again. But like, there's no way I'm platinuming this, and the dress thing is one of those factors for sure.
2: Yeah, it's that at that point, like. If a platinum is either insane or busy work, I just kinda wanna just check out immediately of no, I don't want to do this, so but also sometimes you don't know how annoying it's going to be until after you finish the game or start the process of it.
1: Yeah. And then you're in the moment of it too, and you're doing it, and you're like, Well, I've already come this far. Like I need to just commit and go through with it.
0: No, here's the thing. I've never called him out publicly for this. But Imran, Mm -hmm. like you have all the spirits in Smash Brothers. And like I have all the spirits and I know more than anyone in the world how much a waste of time that is. And I've never been like, what the, like, hold on. There's another human being. I know that beat classic mode with every single character. What drove you to do that? Imran Khan is in a long distance relationship. (laughs) Honestly, that's probably like, you have
2: a lot of time. (laughs) Those sort of things. And it's, I, I remember doing it because like I just wanted to go through everyone's thing and like one see the little picture at the end of like yeah, Of course. Cause like there's some cool ones like Cloud holding Zelda in water and it's like, oh I get the joke that are going for there. And two, it's just it's a way to learn the characters. So for me who wants to who gets bored playing one character at a time and likes to switch around, that's a good way to get used to everybody. But also it's like I don't know, that's the gameplay to me, is going through and just doing all
0: that. I just I love it. It's so funny because again, playing the tony hawk games like back then i would beat every tony hawk game with every character because that's what got you the hidden characters and the unlocks and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and like if the platinum for the new tony hawk game is tied to doing that i don't know that i would do it you know but it's funny that like with smash brothers i absolutely did and i don't want to say i hate myself for it (laughs) (laughs) it should have like a a thing like a tarnished platinum that's like
2: i don't have time for the rest of this shit just give me the easy trophies and i'll do that like give me that separate list and i'll be fine
1: yeah save all the hard stuff to the dlc that's what you do just let everybody go for it that way if that's what they want from it bless Um, what
0: you've been playing
3: uh i'm now 57 hours into persona 5 royal um I, I don't want to sound like a broken record because I've talked about this, this this game on like the last three shows I, I've been on, but I'm enjoying it. It's an absolute blast. Uh, I'm 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 starting to become Barrett in the sense that like it's it, it it might become my game of the year by the time I finish it. Like I fucking love it. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like belabor the point. I'm playing that. Uh, I got my Oculus Quest in the mail, so I've also started playing <laughs> nice. around with that too. Um, hey, it's been t-
2: interesting.
3: I know it that just came out today, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so I might I might look into that. Even though I have it on PlayStation, so I can just also also play it there. But yeah, man, I've been That's going through. The, <laughs> I could go. I, I've been going through the library, uh, just seeing what's there and like what to mess around with. Uh, the the three main things I messed around with so far in Oculus Quest have been uh, one Thumper, which is a game that like the reason I jumped into it because is because I got it free, um, and so like I was just like, yo, I might as well just play Thumper because I've heard such good things about it. Really fun. It's like an on rails uh rhythm game where i guess, i guess it's it's akin to um amplitude right where like it's on rails you are you are basically reacting to like the beat into like the the um i guess commands that that's giving you you're playing as like the small beetle on a rail and then like you have to like hop on these um uh i don't even know what to call them like it,
0: it reminds beats. me honestly of the ratchet and clank rail bits mm-hmm. yeah yeah mixed yeah, with yeah a little music. bit of that but it's yeah, like, it's a, like with the in VR, it's so like ridiculously so, encompassing it, that you're just like, holy shit, this is so intense. It's kind of scary. Like, I would even yeah, add that there's yeah. like a horror element to it.
3: Yeah, it's super like eerie and super like kind of, yeah, in terms of like the environment that you're playing in, right? It's kind of weird where it is like you feel like you're in this other world that's kind of hellish a bit. Um, and I, I, I played up to the first boss battle, which is kind of weird for this game to have a boss battle, but like, which is like you are, it is like this intense uh, final moment where you're, you're going through this on rails sequence and you are doing like the, the main mechanics that I've learned so far in the game, because I, I, I assume they introduce more as you go, but you can do like a, like a, like a uh side grind where like you, that sounds weird to say out loud but like where you like turn <laughs> you, you like, do, like a, a, you do a side grind it's like a grind turn essentially where you have to hold a button and then press whichever way you're turning and then like yeah you're pressing let's say x to the beat if i if, if this is like a Play, playstation controller um and like yeah it's like it was a very intense very cool experience like i was very very into it like The VR aspect of it is really interesting because, like, it's a game that I I believe originally came out not in VR, like it was just a regular game release. And the thing that, the thing that they kind of adapted for VR is that you are like, you're right down there with the beetle that you're controlling on the rail, and you're kind of getting that perspective, and it feels way more immersive. uh, I think that's the other
0: way, actually. But was it
3: really? I was say, it VR yeah, first? I think, I think it was. It could be was played both ways.
1: Yeah. Here we go. Wikipedia. Thumper is a rhythm game developed by and released in October 2016 on Windows and PlayStation 4 with optional virtual reality support for Oculus, oh. HD Vive, and PlayStation VR.
0: That, yeah, that go. was the thing. Is I remember it as a PSVR game, and then it came to Switch <laughs> later, which. Is yeah, I, I remember there being a Switch
3: yet. version. Which I, which while I was thinking <laughs> that it wasn't on VR first, but yeah, like it it very much is like this cool like immersive experience uh playing it that way uh and so like if anybody's looking for like a rhythm game i highly recommend that and then i tried out supernatural which is the the workout game that greg's been talking about where Mm -hmm. it is like it it's like a, a monthly um subscription which is discounted right now i got like an email and i don't know if that's just like a me thing for my uh, since I signed up recently, or you, get, you get a month uh, free
1: when you sign up, regardless if you're press or anything.
3: Yeah, but there's like I think it's like $13 a month if you get like the year subscription right now. Oh, I didn't um, see
1: that.
3: Yeah, I just got an email about it, but that might just be like a deal for me. I don't know. But either way, like I've started the free trial on that. That's been a, that was a really cool experience to try that out because it is basically just Beat Saber, but one, is 360, which I know Beat Saber has 360 if you're playing it on Quest. Um, uh, but then oh, what is what is this, Greg? That you're showing me? That's me on above core? you on
1: the leaderboards. That's me above you on the leaderboards. Oh. I mean, well, here's the
3: thing. Here's my it's here's dang, my excuse. I don't have enough space to do this 360 thing because I like I'm playing and I'm terrified that I'm gonna either punch my backyard, team don't you, or like. Yeah hit my bed i guess i do got a back you backyard, have no strings like on
2: you blessing <laughs> imagine like looking
3: out the back window and seeing me in, in the backyard just like <laughs> filling
1: around that's uh, like that uh, police i live in an apartment I, complex and we have a shared backyard and i won't lie to you i did think about like could I get away with going, but like this, the first floor apartments face out into it. I'm like, nobody needs to be like waking up, open their things. And Greg Miller's out there. Fucking, I doing squats Cause you know, down. he's shirtless. Like, you know, he'd be doing <laughs> oh, it. Be. Helmet on right
0: shirtless outside. I want a video of that. Jen, get on it. Get we on mean, it. I can easily give you a let's play. <laughs> I really do want to,
3: like, move this bed, though, uh, across this wall this way so I just have more space because I think if I do that, then I can get, get away with it. This bed is just heavy to move, and so that's why I, I, I tried to do it yesterday, and I couldn't figure it
1: out. Hey, man, um, you do a few more of these supernatural VR sessions, maybe you'll be able to oh move yeah, it. Oh, yeah, i go.
3: go. Um, but, like, it, it was a really cool experience, right? Like, again, like, this is basically just Beat Saber 360, but the aim is to get you, like, an actual workout, and so it's cool to see, like, the things that they kind of added to make it uh feel more... I dynamic in terms of the movements you're making, right? Like you're doing like um what's this lunges. move right here where yeah lunges. Yeah where you're like squatting but sideways.
1: Yeah. Yeah like, you do like, squats, like, you do lunges, they have a whole bunch of stuff like that.
3: Yeah and you're like trying to stay within like these triangles that they throw at you and, yeah. and the the way they do is really, really good. I really like the the coaches that they add with it. Like the yeah. uh, the ones that I've gotten so far have been all been very <laughs> encouraging. And it sounds like I'm talking about a
1: real person that's coaching me. But like I mean if you know, I can even like, feel that way that's the thing that I honestly keeps me coming back to it because this is week three of me doing supernatural vr maybe four but i think it's three since release and yeah like i am as i said before like right like i've struggled since uh quarantine to find what i want to do to work out because i was enjoying going to the gym and doing stairmaster because i just felt like it gave me a place to zone out look at my phone read something play a game and so not having that, you know, Jen's been, Jen's big on walks and yoga and stuff, and I do all that with her, but it's just not like what I want to do. It's not like how, I don't get the same satisfaction and enjoyment out of it. So getting into this and going through it, yes, it's Beat Saber 360. I think the squats and the triangles add more, but it's also the fact that like the dynamicness of it, where it's paying attention to how, what you're missing and if you're missing, and then giving you coaching tips along the way that both are about that, but then also about just where you are in the song actually help in a way I wasn't expecting. As somebody who's like, yeah. I treat I treat working out at the gym or working out period uh like masturbation like I'm ashamed of it like you know what I mean I don't want you to talk to me don't look at me while I do it I'm doing this thing We're so singing. like I don't <laughs> want in real life I don't want a personal trainer there telling me all right do more five more, you know come on Greg, do the thing blah 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 but Nut. something about <laughs> 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 something about it in really supernatural with my own world and it's the coach going through it and talking over it works for me really well where it is that thing where you know i usually do lean workouts and she'll be like in the middle of it right like you know um they'll read i i'm guessing they'll read the progressive thing of like how i'm not hitting and it'll be that thing of like all right cool you you only have this much longer you know i need you to go 110 right now on power just give me power right now and then the same thing of like you know i really want you to open up your body on these attacks which sounds silly but I, I, I have noticed when she says that, that I'm not doing that, right? They are very big about, they want big movements and they want like when, yeah. you know, this is white and this is the, this is the white saber and this is the black saber. So when a white one comes over there or vice versa, they want you crisscrossing your body and using your whole body, right? Opening up and doing big swings and they'll come on and say that about opening up. And I will notice I'm like, oh, I haven't been, I have been doing like little wrist movements rather than actually doing it. And they are encouraging of like, you know, my, my thing with it in the beginning and my first impressions of it were very much like, I don't know, like I like it, but it is still a game. Like I was hoping this is going to be more of a workout and less of beat saber. Whereas beat saber, of course, you know, you can put it in no fail, but you're still losing points or combos or whatever. And at the end of this, you still get the same thing of like how many you actually hit and what or what your accuracy was and what your power was. And, when I start fucking them up and I start going the wrong direction of just worrying about that, having her chime in and be like, it's not about hitting them. It's about consistency. And, the, and like, it actually makes me feel when I am winded and I need to take a breath mid song and just let the song keep going. And then she's like, all right, just get back on track. And you get back on track with it. It actually yeah. works for me in a weird way, no, yeah, but I like- wouldn't think a coach would for me.
3: Yeah, like, hearing them, like, even, like, telling you to breathe in certain moments, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like having those commands in the background help helps so much uh, in a yeah. way where, like, I've, I've done Beat Saber as a method to work out before, and I just find myself kind of being kind of aimless with it of, like, I guess I'll play for the next hour until I uh get worn out you know it's just me playing games on x Ex- or playing matches on on expert right which is great but like it's not really there's not really any any purpose to it in that way yeah. until i i hope at some point they do add purpose to it because i would love for a, a workout version of beat Saber. and i know they sure. released the the beat fit song i think that's what it's called something like that um but like that's just one song i hope they like they actually go about go about intentionally making a mode for that um because yeah like going in whenever i play beat Saber with that in mind usually i just end up with like my biceps being sore and then like maybe that's about it right like i'm maybe i'm not squatting as much because i'm playing levels that don't have the the bars i mean you
1: had that you have to
3: duck under um and so even then i don't think
1: when i when i duck under them i'm i'm and this is me personally in beat saber i wouldn't say i'm doing a squat right like gamifying it you're like
0: how do i actually do the thing not just like how do i Hurt my body too, <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: And so, like in in uh Supernatural, like I'm actually trying to do the right squat. Like I notice every time I go down, I extend my arms, and I think part of that again is that in the beginning, when the when usually Leanne is like, "All right, cool, we're doing this kind of thing." So let's get warmed up. Like, give me a squat, and she does it, and I mimic her position rather than like beat saber. Where I'm just like you know, yeah, snaking around like, stuff. That yeah. um, actually like
2: that that's kind of how Ring Fit works, and that like it makes it it metaphorizes. I don't know that's a word. It makes a metaphor <laughs> out of the exercises to make them attacks so i'm not thinking like okay i'm doing like a forward leg push thrust it says like okay you're you're doing a kick forward to hit this enemy like okay i that level of gamification makes it more interesting to me because it doesn't feel like work as much yeah
3: and then aside from supernatural i've also been playing uh echo arena vr the the beta which has the longest tutorial I think I've ever experienced. In <laughs> game. Like have you played
0: Kingdom Hearts Two.
3: I have played Kingdom Hearts. Well, I played the first seven hours of Kingdom Hearts Two, and yes, half of that was a tutorial. So you,
0: so you played the tutorial. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, Echo. I've only played like maybe like an hour or so of, of Echo Arena uh, VR, and like I think I might have just gotten out of the tutorial. But basically, it is like an arena game that is kind of analogous to to rocket league a bit where you're in vr and like it's like this futuristic arena kind of thing and you're able to uh you have like rockets on you're able to like thrust forward and like thrust backwards and uh like fly around in this in this like low gravity uh arena kind of thing it's basically though like when it comes down to it the actual game is like this version of like i don't know if this is a real thing but like disc disc soccer or something like that right or like ultimate frisbee where you are basically trying to uh, get a frisbee and then throw it through a goal and it's it's zero gravity and so like you ha- you have a team of people or you have two teams that are like you know trying to compete to to either block the disc uh or get the disc and then throw it into the goal um through all the tutorial stuff i did with it seemed pretty cool like i can't i can't actually wait to play a match um but yeah like so far like my experience with with the oculus quest as a whole has been pretty cool. Like it's a pretty cool piece of hardware that I was mentioning this on on PS Love You because I, I brought this up in comparison to PSVR, right? Like it's having no wires, no cables to kind of be in your way is such a a, a big difference maker. Like it's mm-hmm. it's kind of changed the way I, I I look at it, especially like being able to come to it and not have to set anything up, not having to like bust out a box or unplug a USB and replug USB and like bust out my Move controllers that are buried at the bottom of my my bag over there, like. You know, being able to just put it on and be be ready to go is such a such a big difference of experience that that I've had um than I've had from other VR. That mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm I'm super digging it. I'm super into it. Um And yeah,
0: dude, I that was like, my thing. Right? I feel like Quest is the the most underrated thing to come out in the last three years. It's yeah. just so, it's so it just fucking works. And it's like VR we've been talking about now for I feel the past six seven years. And it's like Quest is the thing. Like oh, they did it like this is it this is the thing people should do and like killer app aside all that stuff it's like no no no. Th- you just get this and it's the thing you need and the interface is easy enough to understand where even the tutorials of learning the interface interface is fun and then getting into the oh, store yeah. all of it makes sense i i'm having a great time with my quest as well
1: yeah. And it was this stark, you know, comparison after doing so much quest with supernatural uh, for the past few weeks to then, uh, like I was mentioning earlier, uh, I was looking for my 10,000th trophy and trying to make it into something that would be important or whatever. Right. And finally noticed that it lined up that I only needed 14 more trophies in Island time VR, which is the <laughs> game where I played the crab. Uh, and I was like, that's what better, what more Greg Miller 10,000th trophy is there than the platinum in the game. I love the, it. Voice actor for. And so, after playing so much quest having to bust out my vr my playstation vr which i of course still love but you know all right i have the pro but i don't have the ps vr version 2 so i i, I don't want to have it plugged in constantly to the box and just leave it there so it's like digging out the box plugging into the ps4 cables out move the table get down sit down i start playing the game and in i'm moving around on the island and i would start to you know drift and have to recenter and then i'd get the cord and the headphone cords like caught on my leg and like yank out for more power and then tuck it into my waistband and like get back to the game it was just like fuck like you and then you you know it's the opposite in the morning with quest where i get up and personally because i have a small place too, push the kitchen table to the side put it on it's like okay here's the boundaries play and you're right back into it whereas like you know here it was the whole th- production putting it down and then pushing it all over and then it's like well i think i'm going to play predator tomorrow night first so disconnect it reconnect it the right way so i'm just getting mm. a straight feed to the tv or whatever
3: that boundary thing is really cool too Like, amazing I, it's
0: amazing
1: i mentioned, like yeah, I
3: mentioned that, I mean, <laughs> like yeah no that's the thing too i mentioned at the beginning right like i don't have much space for supernatural and so like it's that that's that's kind of a difficult difficult thing to manage but being able to set that boundary right and it being like super simple and super cool so like oh yeah like this is this is the space that i have uh so that whenever i, I reach too far the game notifies me but, like yeah you're you're hitting a wall right now like you know super cool super useful thing that yeah. you know is actually letting me play supernatural to the extent that i can uh in my room
0: so guys i want to get into the topic of the show tots, and tots, that tots. is originally the original kind of one sentence pitch was what's the value of a 60 game now the broader topic is what should games cost but who wants to start here Give an, give an idea here of what is the value of a sixty dollar game.
1: Sixty dollars. Yeah, I'm gonna say fifty nine ninety nine, right, plus tax. I mean, I don't. It's a weird question. I mean, interested to hear the conversations that come out of it. Let alone your, yeah, I know, I know your question, but like your impetus behind it, right? Because I think it's more. You started before that of you know what is the value of a 60 dollar game, but like what should games cost? I think games should cost what they need to cost. You know what I mean, and I know that's a stupid. It it sounds stupid and philosophical, or whatever, but it's like games need. This is a business, and I wish you know that games were free and everything was available to go get right away, and you know we could all have free stuff. But I think there is this thing of. There's a strata. I think, you know, as digital distribution takes over, we're starting to see more and more people play around with what games can cost and what that means. You know, I think for a while when you were nine ninety nine or below or fourteen ninety nine and below, you were considered to be a budget game, right? There's still the stigma of, oh, the new Ratchet & Clank's coming out. It's only thirty nine ninety nine. Oh, well, it's not a full Ratchet & Clank game then. And then we got it and it was a full Ratchet & Clank game. Like, it, we're breaking down those walls, but I still think games should be moving to a part where, they're taking care of, obviously publishers who are you know paying to get the game made, but the developers who are making the game, right and like trying to pay that forward and reward everybody for that and make it so this is profitable for everyone and makes sense for everybody because the amount of enjoyment I get out of a game, I hate to think
0: that someone somewhere in that line, which is inevitable, is getting screwed over. So let me, let me present this then uh, in a different way of I agree with you completely, but let's look at. Oh, for, fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm talking about, you know, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater a lot. It's like Tony sure. Hawk 1 and 2 now are coming out at $40 okay. for this package. When Tony Hawk HD came out last gen, and granted, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't $40. It was a digital download, you know, cheaper. I, th- I think it was, it was between 15 and 20 when it came out. And then we look at the Nintendo side of things, and it's like, cool, You Nintendo has released Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze on the Wii U for $50 when it first mm-hmm. launched. And then when it came out on the Switch, it was $60 years later, and they added Funky Mode, but like, realistically, no one is paying extra for that, Yeah. right? So where does that kind of you know come into play when you bring up the Ratchet and Clank game where it's like cool this is a $40 game that is triple A all things considered and yeah. granted it is also a remake so it's like this, there is like a lot of weird factors that come into this of like well, Final Fantasy VII is also a remake you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah yeah with as, as many changes as Ratchet and Clank had from the mm-hmm. original game
2: and so was Shadow of the Colossus, and that was, I believe, forty dollars as well, the PS4 yeah. version. And that's
3: that's that's an interesting thing because I feel like mentally, as we're talking about all these things, right? I kind of make the jumps of, all right, well, Final Fantasy VII Remake is like this 30, 30 hour RPG, thirty to forty hour RPG, and it's it's even though it's a remake, it's still a totally brand new thing. And even and that that then turns into the conversation of, well, it's just part one of the first game, and I know that <laughs> turns into like this huge rabbit hole, right? But then yeah when we talk about Ratchet and Clank I'm then like all right well yeah that is a remake but I like I also would have bought that game for 60 bucks and it, it does feel brand new in a lot of ways but at the same time like I the game is only like what like 10 hours long and all these things and then we jump to Shadow Colossus and my brain is like well that game is basically the same game as the, as the original Shadow Colossus except the assets are just redone um, and like all of that stuff when it comes down to it is very arbitrary like th- I, th- I think this is, this conversation is interesting because like for me when you first ask the question, my mind immediately jumped to like the 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 other side of it of like, dude, if they if they charged a hundred dollars for Last of Us Part Two or like a hundred dollars for Cyberpunk, I'd probably pay pay that right. Like people will throw a fit, but I think people would still pay that pay that price for those games. Not trying to give anybody any, any ideas. Um, and yeah, I when we re- rewind and come back to the question of like, what's the value of a sixty sixty dollar game? Like, I feel like at a certain point, if It's kind of an arbitrary number that we've all kind of agreed to, right? Like it's it's a it's a weird number that we've kind of all just kind of held hands on and been like, all right, we this is this is what you can get, this is the the most you can charge for a video game that you feel like you can get away away with this for, Um, which is an interesting thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy because like talking about this now, like I remember we were gonna brash & Clank. Like before that came out, there was a lot of discussion around that because that was. Kind of an interesting breakthrough. Not that it was the first one to ever do it, but in my mind, that was the first game that kind of chose that price point. That was a bigger title because normally it'd be things if they were forty dollars. It was like, oh, it's a lesser than. Like we understand <laughs> what this is, but really forty dollars was like a, a a not common kind of price point. We'd we'd hit down to the twenty, the fifteen, the tens for smaller games, and it was sixty for the bigger ones. In the old generations, there were games that were over traditional msrp for things where we were you know n64 days hitting up to the 60 70 80 games for traditionally n64 if i remember correctly were like $40. yeah car prices
2: and like genesis stuff whenever they had to add a new microchip it tended to raise the price quite a bit
0: yeah but now that we've kind of like settled out a bit where it's like okay cool a ps4 game or an xbox one game cost 60 dollars. that 40 dollar price point was the weird interesting middle ground that made ratchet such a standout and i feel like that started something that we don't talk about often but now that we're years ahead of it we look back and it's like cool the crash bandicoot trilogy that came out that was also 40 and a lot of these remake trilogies and or whatever they are come out at that 40 dollars price point and do very well and people aren't complaining that they are hitting that that price point but what we haven't seen is that other end of the conversation that I feel when we were first having the Ratchet talk of, oh, Ratchet's forty, I'd pay a hundred for Witcher three. That's not yeah. happening. You well, know, I mean, we're like, not seeing the over sixty dollars games.
2: Sixty bucks is the current threshold because that's what they think those games can sell at. I have no doubt that The Last of Us costs more than like a, an ASP of sixty bucks would bear out necessarily, but mm-hmm. at the, like they're not going to put it above that because they don't think they can sell it. I, uh, in the remake discussion of like Ratchet and all that jazz, Xenoblade comes out next month, which probably had less work done to it than Ratchet and Clank or Shadow of the Colossus. But it's going to be a $60 game because that's what Nintendo thinks they can sell it at. They don't think they're going to move significantly more copies at a uh, lower uh, $20, $40 price point, so they're not going to do that. The market kind of dictates where they go for it, and the market has that current cap at 60 dollars so the weird thing think... there
0: though with nintendo specifically is growing up as a uh i would say more so a 2000s gamer than even a 90s gamer at, because that's when i was a teenager and able to buy games and make my own choices with stuff nintendo was always cheaper it was always like oh we're getting the handheld games for 30 dollars. we're getting the the nintendo games for 50 and then when the when xbox and playstation made the move to 60 there was still a while when Nintendo was at that $50 level. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there was then a shift, uh, especially now that we're at the 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 Switch, which is more expensive than Wii U games were, yeah. even yeah. if they are the exact same game being ported. And it's not just Donkey Kong that I'm using an example of, but it is like Pokemon, Let's Go, Pikachu and Eevee, right? Like a remake of a game that was a Game Boy game in 1998 That they're selling for 60 you know and it's like that's that's kind of the weird thing where i feel like nintendo um it's whatever the market can handle but and they're handling it right like people are Mm -hmm. buying these games and donkey kong tropical freeze sold more on switch than it sold on wii u (laughs) so it's like that they're seeing the the proofs in the pudding there for of course why would we not not do that and not put it out this rate that because we're we're selling it that way but i feel like nintendo in a lot of ways are are making decisions and doing things that are backwards compared to what we're seeing microsoft and and sony do
2: every first I mean, party has had that thing where like they they try to hold a line of a cheaper thing and then eventually start doing the more like when sony first started out places first party games were i think forty dollars and then when Microsoft, when the 360 came around, they said, "Okay, every third party can price their games whatever they want. They can be 60 bucks. Xbox Game Studios will only do 50." And then that lasted for like a year, I think. Like, I think Gears of War, they're like, "Oh no, that's epic, so that's not like really quite count, even though we're publishing it." So they went to 60 after that, and just no one really cared or noticed. <laughs> so, like, Nintendo eventually did the same thing of like, they they did the 60-hour price point, and now they're never going to go back. They'll never go lower, like. Maybe for certain games, but by and large, a retail release is expected to be sixty bucks.
1: And isn't it? Doesn't this all come down to arithmetic at some point? Like, I feel like we—I've seen the conversation get so hung up on. Well, it's a remake of an old game that you know, blah blah. blah. Like, that still doesn't mean there's not a team working on it that they making assets that are doing the yeah. thing. And granted, I'm playing fast and loose with remakes, so it's different for many of them. But it is coming up with new quests, doing whatever it is, planning out the old quest and modernizing them, stuff like that. Even. I think Donkey Kong, right, Tropical Furies is the one we're talking about, right, from Wii U getting ported over and, you know, costing more, having a little bit more. There still is, first off, a team that's porting it over and making it work and adding the new content. But beyond that, I'm sure, beyond, uh, Nintendo didn't make their money back on the first one. So there is this thing of, like, even though it seems like they're just repackaging the same thing and it wouldn't cost that much, if you're already in the negative on one game, you're trying to make up that difference. Yeah, that's that that's the hidden thing
2: no one really talks about is that 60 bucks is actually probably too low that's why we're we're currently like this kind of came from the 360 area but it's a much bigger issue now that every game has to be a big hit because they need to sell on volume and sixty bucks is honestly for the development costs we're at is too low for what that for it to recoup cost necessarily much less make a profit I expect like most people don't want to talk about that because 60 bucks is still a lot for a personal consumer sure. to spend especially when games come out with the volume that they do but honestly like again we bring up the last of us and the last of us part two as examples those games are going to sell fifteen million copies so they're fine being 60 bucks if you're going to sell like a hundred thousand copies being 60 bucks and if you have like a really expensive development is actually probably pretty low it's probably going to result in a negative uh negative revenue or return on investment
1: and this goes back a bit i think to if you remember uh, tim 2015 when we had peter moore on the stage at e3 talking about ea and it was right after they announced unraveled right and he was very much like listen we're not going to make money on unraveled we're putting on unraveled because we believe in it and we want to support developers of that size and of that caliber we know fifa and madden are going to make the money right for a first party right or you know a, a company that wide you're you're dealing with the same things and it's why like Sony's financials they just released, right? We're talking about, well, there was no God of War or Spider-Man. That's why we're down year on year. Like, I think that is the same argument of you have, like Imran's talking about, Last of Us is going to come out, sell a gajillion copies and make a lot of money and make way more, or hopefully make way more than it costs to do whatever. But that's not just now a profit on the board. That means that's going to be profit for PlayStation. It does mean when they put out uh, Medieval and that doesn't come anywhere near making back the amount of money, that negative then gets you know added to the positive of uh, Last of Us, and we start bringing down those numbers. And those are the margins you're working with of trying to be in the black. So you have these big hits like Imran's talking about that let you have chances, but you're playing with the scale and like how much did that development cost and then equate that, that game should cost that much.
0: It's funny you bring that up because like that's true. And I, I'm playing devil's advocate here a little bit just oh, to I'm- kind of make this an interesting conversation. But it's like, did medieval need to happen? Because I would argue, Medieval Remake was a total response to the success that that everyone saw with Crash coming back and a lot of these retro games coming back and selling gangbusters, right? And it, it feels like okay, cool, saying that you know the that Last of Us or whatever need to happen in order for Medieval to happen. It's kind of like, well, that shouldn't. I be. Mean, In some ways it's a go with the easy answer to make the money to to fund the the bigger and better things. Like with Tropical Freeze, I think is the most interesting example in the last five years and i guess at this point it might be more than five years um that comes into all of this in terms of the the price of a game because it is a 2d platformer it's made by the guys that everyone wanted to make metroid prime but they made a sequel to donkey kong country and it's a 2d platformer that is undeniably one of the best 2d platformers of all time critics love it everyone that's played it loves this game but then it came out at $50, and it is a top selling Wii U game. Like, I'm looking up now, it's at 2 million units sold, which for a console it's like, that only sold
2: a six that it sold like 12 million total.
0: Like, so I think last I saw it was like 13, but it's like, dude, yeah. look at the attachment rate on that. Like, that's a success, right? So it's like looking at that for them to then take that game and sell it for more money <laughs> on the next console, and and it worked for them. It totally worked for them. They they made the money back, and honestly, this is a game that should be played by more people than have even played it now. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just interesting to look at how it all works because we're talking about what's the value of a remake or or whatever. But it's I don't know.
3: I think, like, I think is, on a- is
0: Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze worth sixty dollars? I mean, yes. yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think for on the
3: Nintendo side of things too. Like, I think the conversation gets interesting because for them, a lot of it comes down to them preserving preserving their IPs and preserving the value of, of, of what they own. Like, yeah. i I imagine that like a lot of their games can come down in price as times time goes on. But as we see, like, you know, years pass after a game is released, and you check, and those games are still sixty bucks. Those games are still full price. And what that comes down to is that Nintendo doesn't want, want to want to devalue what they have because they know for a fact if we can keep if we can keep in the minds of the people the fact that Mario stays sixty dollars and the fact that Donkey Kong and Nintendo games stay at that high price, one like you don't have people that are like I'm going to wait for, to to get this on sale. But then also like I think you 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 kind of build that um that like esteem like you kind of mm-hmm. you kind of build that that value within within your IPs for people to go like. Oh yeah, this is the best of the best. like these these games don't go on sale because people will buy these regardless. people are people are clamoring for these, and yeah, these are this is the best of what this console has to offer. Um, and so yeah, when it comes to Nintendo, I feel like that conversation gets very interesting in a way where like going back to like the the uh, medieval thing, right, in certain games kind of justifying the existence of other games, I think like medieval is a very interesting example because like I don't necessarily see the strategy behind that being similar to the strategy behind uh crash bandicoot like at least at least as far as like you know people seeing like this seeing the success of insane trilogy and trying to replicate it right i think i think for on the medieval side it is more so like hey what if we can just throw shit at a wall and see if this works right like what if <laughs> like, <laughs> like like and not calling medieval shit but like what if we can what if we put out a remake of medieval and see if this sticks with people right like there's gonna be a small audience that's there but what if like able to get a new audience with it at the same time and what if this is able to spawn a thing i think at that point they they, did not think that at all no way i feel feel like i feel like at a certain point though like it is it is kind of research and development like it is like hey we have last of us we have console sales right we have all these things that are justifying the bottom line that are getting us money and then with that we can we can do weird projects right like we, we can do concrete genie we can we can fund um I don't know, man. We can fund Blood and Truth, which which I guess is more so meant to sell sell VR as a thing. Those but, make sense, though. I mean, Concrete Genie, I feel like it's more of a unique thing where it's like y'all didn't have to do that. Like, it's really cool that you did, and like I know people love Concrete Genie, but I feel like when you look at the books and you look at Concrete Genie and Medieval, and I guess we might disagree on on the purpose of Medieval, but I feel like these are obscure projects that are like one like meant to just just enhance the portfolio a bit, right? Like add that diversity, but at the, at the same time like see if it sticks see if this if this gets an audience because it's it's new and different and and well, we'll people of
1: what PlayStation's trying to do in different ways right like we talk about mm-hmm. all the time tim's wearing it like PlayStation is trying in the same way Nintendo has PlayStation is always trying as of late to remind us that hey we've been around forever We've been on a long time. You have nostalgia for us. There is mm-hmm. a, you know, love for PlayStation, whether you know it or not. And so if we're going to do a throwback jacket, uh, a special edition, bring back a game like medieval that, again, I was never a fan of. But remember distinctly playing at a demo station, being one of the first PlayStation things I ever really fucked around with at Like, I want to say like a Sears or a service. What was uh-huh. the what was the what's the department store that was something with service? I think you're thinking, you might be
3: thinking of Sears, because Sears, no, I no, believe, they, had video you No, know, there's, like,
1: inside service or something like that. Service and uh, something. It doesn't matter. Um, God, that's going to drive me crazy. Uh, I'll check the YouTube chat if you're watching. Um, Anyways, but it's, like, that thing of, like, that is a touchstone, and so... It's back to, all right, let's go and work with this developer, partner with them. They say they can make this game cheap, in quotes. We'll sell Medieval for $30. bucks. it will you know, hopefully turn heads as a game people remember. There, since, you know, the Crash Bandicoot stuff happened, and, you know, we've seen this influx in nostalgia of that, people have, not a lot, but people have been saying Medieval, so it is a way to pay it forward and be like, look, we do have a stable of games and history and everything else there. Concrete Genie, on the other hand, is, hey, we are still... The PlayStation people remember from the PS3 and maybe that you fell in love with then or, you know, into the early days of the PS4 that does weird shit. Like, this is a weird art piece and as we continue to push this, you know, now PlayStation Studios thing, right, of like, this is what we do. We make games that are stories, that are single player, that touch you. Like, we're going to still do that. Like, you know, uh, in the same way you look at Concrete Genie, and I guess this isn't apples to apples because obviously they're different caliber of games, even though I adore Concrete Genie. You look at Concrete Genie and say, well, it doesn't need to exist. You can say the same thing about Journey. Journey doesn't need to exist, but it did, and it touched a lot of people and became a defining PSN game and a defining PlayStation character.
2: Well, there's, like, lots of reasons games get made, right? Like, Pixel Opus probably made Concrete Genie because Sony is trying to make them into a bigger studio. They moved on to the actual Santa Monica, not Santa Monica, the Redwood City site like their late only development studio there i imagine concrete genie is let's they're hiring up let's train these people on a project and let's make some money off the thing they're training on that's Mm -hmm. basically the reason xenoblade exists is that monolith soft has made a bunch of new hires might as well get them working on something so when they actually do work on an original game they have an experience doing stuff it's there's a going back to like the thing tim was talking about with like certain games having to be, be priced lower to Justify the kind of game they are, like Donkey Kong was. Yoko Taro has this quote once about how uh, you could make the best game ever for five, that lasts five minutes long, but you can't sell it for 60 bucks if it's five minutes long. It sure. could be the best five minutes of all time, but it can't be sold for 60 bucks. And I think that's a problem a lot of games run into. Like Sonic Generations is a very good example. And I think, bless you, mm. know what I'm talking about. That game, the actual levels are amazing. However, oh, yeah there's like, and between every level, you have to do some real bullshit to get through to the next level of what you want to yeah. play. And that's because oh, that the game is not... Stuff. Yeah, it, it's not a long game, so but they have to justify it somehow, and they've been doing that since Unleashed, because like, you have to put, do so many art assets for those games that that you just blow right past and never really see, but you have to make the games feel longer, otherwise you can't sell them for 60 bucks. If you can't sell them for 60 bucks, then what's the point? Like Star Fox is another game that has that same problem of well the genre people want this game in can't be sold for 60 and if we can't do it for 60 then there's no point in actually making it
0: i'd rather not make it then but that's just (laughs) if
3: if they make five sonic games and and one of them is all right i'm down for it
1: (laughs) Good, but it's back to you know what we're talking about then of this argument of what's a game worth and then not only is it what it's worth what is it worth on that platform what is it worth through the lens of that platform right and i go back to round guard right that uh Peggle clone uh that is an rpg and does or not rpg uh, you know rogue roguelike that tim and i played a lot and enjoy uh and i i like i think i liked more than he did you know i played it initially on playstation or i actually downloaded it on my apple arcade then when it came to playstation played it on ps uh, i love you right but you're talking about apple arcade a subscription buffet right for what it's five bucks a month six bucks a month I forget which one. Five. five, five. five yeah, five. Five now. Five bucks a month versus $20 straight up on PlayStation, on Switch even right now. You know what I mean? Like, the, where, what is the arithmetic math there? How does that work? Is it that, I mean, as a developer, as a publisher, you must be looking at it being like, well, what can we do on what platforms and how does that make sense and where yeah. was it built for and how do you bring it over? You know, Florence, another great, uh, f- fantastic game that I adore on mobile, right? A 45 minute experience that I forget how much was and then, uh, it, well, I, can, was I think it was
0: three dollars
1: i think is that $2.99? what it was design
0: do you know it's, it's sorry, super don't... worth it at least it when i first bought it I, I don't know what it is nowadays but yeah no i mean bringing in mobile to this like I, I really think changes the game in terms of uh how fucked and warped the prices are and i feel like apple arcades came in to kind of help that in in many ways i have went back to round guard a lot actually just to kind of check in and you know keep playing because I have the service and there is that value just that's inherent there of once you sure. have it you're like oh you know what I did enjoy this enough to come back to it and like you know Pagel Blast one of my favorite games of all time despite its bullshit ass microtransactions and mobile garbage they took every Pegel game off of the, the app store so that's all I have to go back to mm-hmm. and slowly but surely I'm trying to three star every single level in it. Um I would have yeah. gladly paid a lot more money than would have been traditionally okay (laughs) for that type of game to have it forever like i would pay fifty dollars to have pago blast just be open to me to never see an ad again but they don't give me that option you know and like that's where apple arcade kind of came in to to fix those problems but apple arcade is never going to be a mainstream thing like that's just a reality of all this and i feel like until we start seeing that on the console side of stuff like i think game pass is a great example of where it could go but we're a couple steps away from that being a you know justification for the dollar signs and i think that halo infinite could be a, a huge kick down of the door or it could be a perfect like warning of guys this is what this is always going to be now and gears 5 I th- so like looking at xbox the last couple games right we have ori we have gears 5 we have um the forza games we have uh bleeding edge it's, like, there's, like, varying quality there. Yeah. And I think in many ways, it's, like, oh, shit, they're making real good games. I think Ori a great example of, like, that's a fucking good game. But it's, I like, mean, how many more of those are we going to get? Crackdown
2: is a very good example and of then the kind of game made for Game Pass of that game probably not worth 60 bucks, honestly. Like, I'm sure it's, that game is a decent amount of fun. But if you had to decide between, let's say, Crackdown came out last year, right?
3: No yes. uh maybe?, uh, yeah, I think so. Now if you I think would
2: just it. decide between like that game and, let's say, Red Dead Redemption 2, God of War, something like that, they're both 60 dollars, and you usually you're probably going to pick one of the bigger AAA games. So for a game pass, that kind of game makes sense, because it doesn't feel like 60 dollars, even though if you played it for three months, you were essentially playing 60 dollars worth of crackdown three.
0: Hmm. interesting. and that's that's a valid point where it's like it adds up over time like these are there is money attached to game pass it's not free but even then it's like it's unfortunate to think that oh yeah Crackdown's a game pass game like i hope we don't hit that point where that's like i hope halo infinite raises that bar because gears 5 to me raised that bar gears 5 also just didn't hit on the level that it it made mainstream success where people associate it with like Dude, no, 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 no! You need to get Game Pass for this. Like, it's worth getting it just for this thing.
2: So let's have a well, like a thought experiment for a moment. Okay. Days Gone sold really, really well. Do you think that if there were a PlayStation equivalent to Game Pass and Days Gone launched on it, that that would the downloads would outsell outpace the people who buy it? Because that, to me, feels like the kind of game that a game like a Game Pass style thing is meant for.
1: So the question is, if it was if there was a PlayStation Game Pass, yes. Days Gone was on it. Would more people have played Days Gone than did buying it? Yes. Yes, I do. 100%. Yeah. 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 Especially sure. with the PlayStation Plus numbers they just released, right? Well, I guess I'm. I'm sorry. I'm saying in my <laughs> world, PlayStation Plus just became PlayStation Game Pass.
3: Yeah. But yeah, PS Now is- though, like it's still like a super pop- pop- popular thing, which is like a similar kind of, uh, which is more more of a comparable thing. Sure. And yeah, like if you take the numbers there and apply that to some sort of PlayStation Game Pass, then. Yeah, I think you 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 would definitely see uh, Days Gone get more players.
2: But I think that like that's kind of why Sony doesn't like that model is because they if you did do that and you did expect a game like Days Gone to be on Game Pass and not a sixty dollar game that's sold on its own, that it wouldn't have done those good numbers. Mm-hmm. They have a very consistent. Their current model is just the complete opposite of Microsoft. Of they want to sell those sixty dollar games, Microsoft is currently going in a different direction. I kind of wonder if this is going to reflect the Halo's design as well, of like. This is a little different. This is not meant to be a thing you buy once and that's it. It is meant to keep you hooked on. and not meant to. We're not going to break the bank on every individual game. We're going to break the bank spreading across. So I, like, it is interesting to watch those two dynamics at work now. Hmm.
3: Yeah. The we... the. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say like the Game Pass game thing is interesting because when I for me when I think of Game Pass right I do think of I think of Microsoft first party games but then I also think of uh Streets of Rage 4 and then also uh Outer Wilds and um Void Bastards Vo- Void Bastards which I I just played and I, I like I don't love Void Bastards but I know a lot of people there people out there do um when we're talking about like like the value of Game Pass and like the value of like the service and what Microsoft wants for, from it I feel like third-party games are almost doing is third-party in like really unique really cool indies are doing almost as much for it as like the first-party uh xbox games right like i don't know if i don't know if i'm at the place yet where i look at crackdown and uh i'm trying to think of like another like kind of flop on the xbox side but like when i look at crackdown i don't necessarily think
2: bleeding edge game
3: right or bleeding edge right i guess bleeding edge would probably be actually actually a more um uh a more clear example right because like Crackdown, I just look at it as like, oh yeah, this game came out and it kind of flopped. Bleeding Edge, I do look at it as a game that I kind of associate more with the service, but at the same time, I also do look at it as a game that kind of came out and kind of just didn't have the the impact. Like, I don't necessarily that doesn't necessarily affect how I look at Game Pass and the the value of games associated with it with it, because like you still have the big Xbox Xbox first party games, and you still have like Halo Infinite coming out for it soon. And then you also still have your experiences like Streets of Rage 4, which I do look at more so as like the Game Pass games.
0: I asked you guys on Patreon.com slash games to write in and give your thoughts on what a $60 game is worth. Anakin JMT writes in and says to me, A $60 game is something I really want to play and it's not something I will forget about in a day or two. I'll never forget picking up my midnight copy of the Medal of Honor 2010 reboot, thinking I would play it for a couple hours before going to bed, only to have the game done by 4.30. (laughs) <laughs> multiplayer wasn't great so essentially i was done with the game and forgot about it the next day nowadays a game needs to mean more to me to justify the 60 dollars price tag this is why resident evil 3 will be a purchase when it goes on sale but last of us part two will be day one last of us even if i finish it in a day will last far far longer in my mind than re3 mm
1: and that's a great way of putting it is like how not how long it takes you to play it how much mind share it takes right because even when when we're just talking about florence thinking back on florence immediately like that fucking soundtrack is in my head and i'm thinking back through it and i was looking at you know it's uh, a five bucks or whatever on switch or 5.99 on switch and 5.99 on uh, steam there's a discount right now on switch but then 2.99 on ios right and granted we're talking about a difference of two dollars there or whatever but like that is a game that, yes, I paid. You know, for on iPhone, so I paid three bucks, I guess, for it. But if I had paid ten dollars for that, fifteen dollars for that, and still only gotten forty-five minutes out of it, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be complaining. Like I would. I still think so fondly of that game that I bought the vinyl and don't even listen to vinyls that much. You know what I mean? Like that's a great way of putting it of how much mind, how much you think about it. The same thing with like uh, Gone Home, right? A game that I fuck is what two hours long, an hour and a half, I forget now. And I talked about four years now of how much that game touched me.
0: It's interesting because him bringing up RE3 and I know in our review, we all kind of talked about this in different ways and had different opinions on it. But I kind of feel like I would be down to pay $60 for RE3 for what it was because I enjoy the type of game it is and the level of production that they put into it and how like Titan experience and more so like the presentation of it all. It's like there's money there where I'm like, I would be down to pay $60 for RE3 remake more than I'd be down to pay $60 for Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze with Funky Mode. It's like this was such a different style and one's a port, one's a remake, but remake, remaster, like all this stuff. It's like we start adding all these different terms for um, similar things. And I just feel like there is a level of it is not just they took RE3 and put it on a new console. Should the game have had more? And is it worth $60 compared to other $60 games? No, definitely not. And that's kind of where this gets really interesting is there's not a higher price point. It's like I kind of look at RE3 and I'm like, yeah, that would be worth $60 if Last of Us is worth $100. You know? It's I got it's you.
3: so weird because like, you know, RE, RE3, right? I didn't think about that until just now. Is Yeah, like a $60 game. And I was just looking this up uh, a moment ago, right? I One of my favorite games ever is The Witness, which came out for 40 bucks. And I played that game for probably like 20 something hours. And I know there's people out there that I probably played it for up to 40 hours because that game kind of keeps going and going. And if we're talking about mind share, like The Witness takes up way more mind share for me. If we're talking about like, you know, the amount of enjoyment I got out of the game, The Witness, the amount of time, The Witness, right? But The Witness is still a $40 game. And what that kind of comes down to is probably like, just how much money was spent on it um like the witness is a beautiful game but like it's still like an indie it's 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 still what you would you would refer to as like an independent game um especially compared to resident evil 3 which is like like as much as i have issues with resident evil 3 like the production value is there in terms of like the assets and the set pieces and 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 all these things um uh, it's, just a, it's, it's like a weird thing for me to grapple with when it we're is, talking about value in that
0: sort of way. It's a weird thing when you see where the $60 goes, but then that's where it comes down to, is it worth it? But I feel like that only comes but into like, play I in comparison to other things.
3: I would rather spend the $60 on The Witness, though, which is, which is my thing. Like, I, I feel like I'd, I'd much rather budget, and I know this isn't how it works, and so it's almost like a stupid thing to say, but I'd rather budget be allocated to making a better game than making a, a prettier game.
0: Do you but remember to me it's when like necessarily about pretty? It's about like supporting that single player like narrative focused game, and but those are gonna cost also, more.
3: There's also Hellblade though, which is like a yeah. similar thing. Like like Hellblade, I'd say in, in length is probably similar to to RE three. And again, like that game takes up more mindshare. That game I would say is a better design thing. That game has a more meaningful story. But that game came out for like I want to say like thirty dollars or something like that, which. I, I like. I, I think you, you can still make those like meaningful like narrative single player games for uh, a cheaper price. But the, I don't know, man. The way that like, I I feel like with with a lot of sixty dollar like mainstream games, you you, you get that price kind of like, or you get that budget kind of watered down in certain ways. And, like RE three would be my like my main example of that. Of like, yeah, this game this game kind of exists just to exist for me. Like I know RE three p- people love RE three as a as a game, and there are fans of that, and that game definitely exists as something special for them but outside of that like i feel like that game when we're talking about price definitely kind of kind of doesn't live up to that it's funny because
0: i feel like th- what you just said kind of really encapsulates everything we just talked about in the last hour where it's like it it's what you can can you get away with because i feel like hellblade couldn't get away with 60 dollars, but at 30 dollars it was a success and people look at it as like oh my god look what they did whereas mm-hmm. like capcom and nintendo can get away with kind of pricing things at a higher point and they'll still work there's still success people are going to play the nintendo game they're going to play the resident evil game so it's like it is weird that the value there kind of i feel like coming at a che- cheaper price point can actually enhance the value of the game uh in a way that mm-hmm. even if you're you're putting out higher to justify the cost of it being so much higher production value
2: yeah. Do you remember when I mean, the I XBLA could, games were like? There was a big controversy of them being more expensive than fifteen dollars. Like there was a big thing, when Castle Crashers was about to come out. they were like, oh my god, it might be twenty. That's insane. It's like, no. Now, now if a game is like less than twenty bucks, I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm playing, I'm playing Hunt
3: Down right now. Like I'm playing Hunt Down right now on PlayStation, which is like this 2D Contra game. Uh, and it was like twenty bucks. And like I looked at it, I looked at that, and I was like, yeah, I can see that. Like, yeah. makes sense if it's a good game yeah like 20 bucks sounds good
0: this has been the kind of funny games cast we're about to get into the patreon exclusive post show where we're going to read many more of your responses on patreon.com slash kind of funny games and letting us letting you know our thoughts on those thank you for joining us this week we will be back soon until then love you